This is Lance Turner, pastor at Grow Church. We'd like to thank you for joining our podcast. We pray the message today stirs your faith and it causes you to grow. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, Grow Church. How you doing this morning? You know what? God's good. All the time. You've heard that before? God is good. You know, I've had a, I had a blast this past week. We did sports camp and they put me over the first through third graders. Man, that was challenging. I'm going to tell you right now. I had 20, one night I had 28 of them. It was quite the adventure. And I'm, I, sometimes I think I'm getting too old for that kind of stuff because, you know, when I was younger, I could, handle, I could hang with them and, you know, and I'm huffing and puffing and all that kind of stuff. But it was, it was really fun. And thank God I had a lot of good help. I had like seven or eight volunteers in that helping me because it's like, anybody ever worked with that age group before? It's like herding, herding, herding cats, it really is. So it was, it was a good time, and I, I just want to say, I know Amber's already talked about that, but I just want to say thank you to all of you that served all week. Um, I appreciate what you, you've done, and you've made investments into these kids' lives. And, you know, I, I think about why God has put this church here. We ask that question a lot. I, I don't know about you, but I ask myself the question all the time. Why does Grow Church exist? And I keep going back to John 10, 10, you know, that, that God's given us, a, he wants us to be fully alive in him. He wants us to live a, a rich, satisfying, abundant life. That's what the Bible says. That was Christ's outcome. And when I, when I was able to do that all week, invest in these kids, I know that when I'm doing that, I'm living out being fully alive. Because the investments I made in them, I may not even see in this life. You understand what I'm saying? They may... I'm, you know, when I get to heaven, there might be one of those little kids walk up to me and say, you know what, because you were investing in me, I'm here. You, know, you see that? And so everybody that, that did that, everybody that served all week long, you've made internal investments into the kingdom of God. And God rewards that, amen? So this morning, I'm, I want to say thank you to all of you. I want to say a huge thank you to Danny and Catherine Charette. Um, they're planning, they planned all year long and worked hard to make sure that was a re, uh, you know that that sports camp become a reality, so I just want to say a huge thank you to them. I know they're not in the room, but just want to say how how proud I am of them and what they did and what they've done. So their leadership, because of their leadership, it was a success. Amen. So we're in a series called Be Free. We've been talking about this idea of freedom all month, and of course, obviously, we did it kind of around the you know the Fourth of July, the whole you know Independence Day and freedom and all that, but. But this is, this is really more than, than a physical kind of freedom. You and I have that every day. We walk around in this country, we're free, and you know, we, we get a chance to do whatever we want to do. We're not, we don't, we're not scared to come in here on Sunday mornings and worship. None of that's a reality for us, right? How many of you, got, how many of you were afraid when you came in, somebody's going to come drag you out and tell you you can't worship? Anybody afraid of that? No. And so in the physical realm, everything's, everything's fine and dandy, right? You come and you go as you please, you're, you're free. But here's the reality, folks. The, the, the physical realm is not the only realm. And so what I want to do today, I want to kind of draw our attention to the idea that there is, a, there is another realm, the spiritual realm. And, it's, and I want you to hear me this morning. It's just as real as this realm that you see with your own eyes. Now, many times maybe we forget about it or we lose consciousness of that because we don't see it. 
But I'm here to tell you, you feel the effects of it every day. Can I get an amen this morning? And so, the things that you're not aware of, just because you're not aware of them, doesn't mean they can't impact you. You're hearing me this morning. And the, the truth is, there are many people in our culture today who would deny the fact that there's even an enemy that we're facing in the spirit realm. What's wrong with that picture? They're getting, listen to me, they're getting, maybe some of you have said that. There's no devil, there's no, there's no spirit realm, you know, blah, 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 blah. And you're getting hammered by it. And it doesn't mean it doesn't exist because you don't believe it. So this morning, we're going to talk about this idea of being vessels of honor and fighting a warfare that's in the spirit realm. I want to, I just want to, here's what I want to present to you. First of all, you're in the condition right now that you're in, in your state of life for three reasons. One, the choices that you've made, all right? You're a product of your choices. That's a reality. That's not the only reason you're where you are today, but that's one of the reasons you're where you are today because you are a product of the decisions that you've made. You're where you are because of what you've done, Right? The second thing is, is you're where you are, that you're in the condition that you're in because of what other people have done to you. Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe you've been rejected. We talked about some of that last week. Maybe people have been really mean to you, and you've, you've lived a life, and you, you're where you are because of some of the things that people have done to you. The third reason you're where you are is because of what the enemy wants to do to you and has trying to do and, and done to you. So I want to focus our attention on that realm, what the devil wants to do in, to you. And so we read this scripture, we read it a lot, John 10, 10. We see an indication of what he's up to, right? You guys remember about back in November we talked about stewardship, we did the whiteboards and we compared the strategies and the schemes. So I want to kind of bring us back to that just a little bit today. And remember what the enemy wants to do. So here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that the thief comes to do what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's the scheme. That's his aim for you. I love the second part, which we're going to really celebrate that toward the end of this. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And so the enemy, you have an enemy, where you are today, partly because of your choices, partly because of what people have done to you, and partly to what the enemy wants to do. Now, I know that when we start thinking about the spirit realm and the, and the, and the devil and all that, maybe, maybe images come into your mind of some of these horror films that you've seen. Anybody ever see The Exorcist where, you know, heads are spinning and, you know, you're like, whoa, that, that, you know what that does? That really strikes fear in people. When in reality, you know, I don't think your head's going to be spinning around anytime soon, right? Because, first of all, you're in Christ. You've got you to really remember that. You're in Christ today. So you, you don't have to worry about the enemy messing in, with you, right, and, and getting in because you're covered by the blood of Christ. You're, you're covered in his righteousness. That should make some people shout this morning that the enemy doesn't really have a place in your life because of Christ already there. Amen. You're clothed in him. And so, so there's a reality. And so the enemy is trying to get us to believe that maybe he doesn't exist. And so he's just doing a number on us. And so I got to thinking about, about Jesus and his life and why he came. We talked about that a little bit a few weeks ago. 
And there was one scripture that stuck out to me in, in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. It says, look at this. It said, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with what? With power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Now, much of what Christ did, he did out of, he was compassionate. He, you know, he helped people. But look what, he, look what it says he did. He healed those who were oppressed. So he recognized that there's a spiritual enemy, an enemy that's going to try to come against us. And his goal was to, do, to work in the spirit realm to minister to people and to deliver them. He was in a deliverance ministry. Can I get an amen? And the Bible says he was under the power of the Holy Spirit. So if he recognized the Spirit's power in his own life, you and I need to recognize the same thing. And if we're going to really do damage to the enemy and, and really be effective in spiritual warfare, we need the Spirit's power. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the only way you're going to be able to combat this enemy, this spiritual warfare that you're in. And so Christ recognized that. So we need to recognize that, he, that we're, we need to confront the things of the Spirit. And so here are three things that you need to know about the spirit realm, about the enemy. First of all, number one, demons are real. Revelation chapter 12. And the Bible says, and war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon who was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil, who deceives the whole world, he was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Now, you, you, you realize this is a picture of what happened. Now, I don't know if you know the story, but, but Satan, was an, he's an angel. He's a created being by God. And he was created specifically to lead worship in heaven. And, and for some reason, he got this idea that he wanted to be God. That being worship, worshiping God in heaven wasn't enough. And so what he decided to do, he says, look, I'm gonna, I want to be like God. I want to be God. And, and, it, and the war broke out. The funny thing is, it kind of makes me giggle a little bit that it said war broke out because it really wasn't even a war. Right? The sovereign God of the universe said, I've had enough, boom, you're gone. And the Bible gives that picture of what happened. He was cast out of heaven. And you notice that, that he, the Bible says he has angels with him, right? Uh, the Bible says in another place, a third of the angels in heaven were cast out with Satan. Guess what demons are? They're just fallen angels. How many of you believe in angels? Let me see your hand. So if you believe in the good ones, you know, you believe in uh, Gabriel, you believe in Michael, you believe in your guardian angel, you know, you believe Psalm 91, he shall give his angels charge of you. If you believe in the good ones, guess what? You got to believe in the bad ones because they're just as real. And the ones who are out to guard you and help you and instruct you and, and just keep you safe, you can rest assured these over here, they're out to, to fulfill Satan's scheme. What's his scheme? To steal, to kill, and destroy. So this whole thing, I know, and I know demons sounds, that feels really, really evil. and it's, It is, it really is. But it's not scary evil for a Christian. All they are are fallen angels. 
And the good news is, they're subject to the one who created them. I can prove it. You remember when in the Old Testament, in, in 1 Samuel, when God rejected Saul as king? Anybody remember that story? And he anoints David. And, and so there's, the Bible says there's a tormenting spirit. Guess who it came from? It doesn't say from the devil. It says a tormenting spirit from God. Guess what? Here's what God said. Hey, demon, fallen angel, go torment Saul. And guess what? He didn't, have to, he didn't say, oh, I can't do that. No. Yes, sir. You follow me. So as evil as they are and as seemingly scary as they are, they're always, listen to me, they're always subject to God the Creator. That's important to you for you to understand today. So demons are real. You need to understand. They're real. They're just fallen angels. But there's nothing to be afraid of. I know that sometimes that we, we again, when we, when we see these things, we see the things on TV and stuff, they just create those images in our mind and they really kind of mess us up. But I'm here to tell you, God is sovereign. Amen. Number two. This is the part you need to pay close attention to. Demons want to destroy you. They do. They're out to get you. Again, I'm not trying to scare you, but it's the reality. They're, they're carrying out the schemes of the enemy against you. They have a plan for you. They've whiteboarded your name. And here's the thing. They know exactly. He's not, you know, Satan and his angels aren't going to come up with the, with the red pitchfork and everything, right? What are they going to do? They're going, to fight, they're going to study you. They've studied you. They know your weaknesses. They know the things that, you, that maybe could trip you up. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to appeal to those things. Here's the thing. Sometimes those things aren't necessarily bad. Amen? But what they're going to, he's, what they're going to try to do is draw you into letting those things consume your time or consume your affection and we call that idolatry right and so anything even if it's good even if it's owning a home or owning a boat or having a car or even your family if it takes the place of God then the enemy is going to try to pull you into that why because he wants you to take your focus off of the one who loves you and one who wants a relationship with you so he's not coming to scare you he's just coming to deceive you but his, his, his deception is not going to bring life to you. As a matter of fact, his deception is going to bring about death to you. That's his desire. He wants to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And so these fallen angels, these demons, they are out to get you. But you don't have to be afraid because you know what their scheme is. 1 Peter chapter 5, let's read this together. Here's, he gives us some good advice. What does he say? The first thing he says is, be sober. In other words, you've got you to stay focused. You've got to have a clear mind here to know and, and be aware. We could say that. Be aware, folks. Be vigilant. What does the word vigilant mean? It means I am consistently, I'm, I'm not giving up. I'm going to do this, right? You've got to be vigilant because why? Why is he saying that? Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking, seeking whom he may devour. 
resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experiencing by your brotherhood. So look, folks, he, there, is a, there is an enemy, and he's out to get you. But you know what it says, like a roaring lion? Again, he is under subjection to God. So if you're in Christ this morning, we're gonna, I don't want to get ahead of myself, you are in a place where you don't have to let him tear you up. You don't have to let him do damage to your life. Why? Because you're sober, you're vigilant, and you are walking with God. Amen. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 11, it says, Have nothing to do, no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, rather than, but rather expose them. So what's my aim today? To expose the enemy's plan. The enemy's scheme for your life. Because you notice what it says. It says, when you, when you succumb to what the enemy is, wants to do, his schemes, you notice it says they're unfruitful. The things that we engage in sometimes, really, they don't bear any fruit. Wasting time. That's not bearing fruit. So for us, we need to take notice, be sober, be vigilant. That Look, what are, what are the things that we're engaging in that aren't bearing fruit. And let's go ahead and deal with those things. Amen? Because the enemy wants to keep you occupied. He wants to destroy you. Here's the good news. Number three. Demons respond to higher authority. So, anybody ever been in the military in here in, in this room? Anybody? So you know there's rank in the military, right? So if a private goes up and speaks to a captain... There's not, I mean, the captain's going to be like, what are you doing? Don't talk to me. But if a general comes and talks to the captain, what happens? I mean, it's standard attention. Yes, sir. No, sir. I mean, there's so much respect. And the enemy is the same way. The enemy respects authority. And some of us may say, well, pastor, you know, I'm, maybe I'm like that private, you know, I, I don't, I'm, I just got saved or I haven't been a Christian very long and so the enemy's not really going to listen to me and not, not going to be scared of me. Oh no, I beg to differ. Why? Because the general lives in you. And the enemy responds to the higher authority. It's, when, listen, I'm, I'm here to tell you folks, when, when God, when God inter, interacts with, with Satan, it's, you may not think that's true, but I'm here to tell you, it's yes, sir. And when you have Christ on the inside of you, you have that same authority. Not because of you, but because of Christ living on the inside of you. Here's what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6. He says, finally, my brethren... Be strong. Say strong. Strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Two awesome words there. Strength and power. But where are you getting the strength and the power from? It's not your own. It's because of the, the Holy Spirit. It's because of Jesus Christ living on the inside of you that He tells you to be strong and have power. Look at this. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. 
it's really important for you every day to go and explore. If you've never explored the, the, the armor of God, go and look at that. And clothe yourself today and every day with the armor of God. Look at this. Here, here's, the, here's the kicker. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So he gives you an, a picture into where the warfare is going on. It's not this realm. Right? We're not, we're not taking out our machine guns and saying, take that devil. It wouldn't work. Why? Because it's not the physical realm. Now, like I said earlier, you feel, you feel the effects of the spiritual warfare in the physical realm. I'll give you an example. This whole year, I'm, I'm here to tell you, um, my personal family, we've been under a spiritual attack. It's obvious. And in, 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 in the church, too, there's been some things going on, and you're like, man, ah, you know. But I, I'm seeing the effects of it in the physical realm, but I know where it comes from. And let me give you an example. February, Lori and I are driving down the road at Riverstone Parkway. We stop at a red light, pow, out of nowhere, this big ram truck just hammers the back of our car. Two months later, Tyler's on 140, sitting, wait, stopped, Pow! Right in the, back of, in the back of his car. Lori has been dealing with a thyroid issue for about six months. Or more, longer than that, actually. I've been having problems with my neck. Tyler had some problems with his stomach. I'm here to tell you, folks, the enemy is trying his best to, destroy, to kill, steal, and destroy. But what's he saying? Don't give up. Be sober. Understand. Be aware that there's a spiritual attack, there's spiritual things going on, and you have the higher authority living on the inside. So you know what? The more he does that to my family, the more determined I am to get on my knees and fight with spiritual weapons. Look here, Satan, you're not getting my family. You're not getting my kids. You're not getting my home. You're not getting my wife. I'm here to tell you, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. Folks, this is what you're fighting, but you're not fighting from a, you are, listen, you're already fighting from a place of victory. You're already there. Some of you make out like, man, I don't know. I just don't know if God can handle this. Maybe Satan's too strong for God. Baloney. Baloney. When we go about wringing our hands about the things that are happening to us, you know what we tell God? We don't really believe you're sovereign. We don't really believe you're in control. We don't really believe you're sitting on a throne and you're, you're high above principalities and powers. I got this, God, and then we try to take it away. And what happens? We're frustrated and we give up. When reality, all you need is on the inside. 1 John chapter 4 tells us this. You are, you are of God. Say, of God? Little children. Did Jesus not say, come to God as a child, to Christ as a child? He said it. Come to me like a little kid. Why, what, what is it about little kids that drew him? Their faith. The longer we live, the more jaded, the more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The more uh, skeptical we are. 
When in reality, God says, would you just please trust me? Would you, would you trust me that I've got this? Would you trust me that everything's going to be okay? It may not look like it right now. All hell may be breaking loose. But I'm here to tell you, I got this. And yet we still go, oh, I don't know. We're pacing the floor. You know, we can't sleep. And I'm guilty. I'm not saying, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I've been there. But look what he says here. Because he who is in you. Who's in you? Mr. General on the inside. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. A reminder of rank. Can you picture that? Jesus, the general, Satan, whatever you want to call him, I don't know. <laughs> lower rank, way lower, right? Created being. All right? So, here's what we've already said. Demons are real. They're out to destroy you. But, there is, but they do respond to a higher authority. And you have that higher authority right here. And that should, be, that should bring smiles to all of our faces. Even in the middle of uncertain circumstances, we know that God is in control. So let's talk about this higher authority and these things that, that we are, that the enemy responds to. Number one, if you're taking notes, the highest authority is the name of Jesus. His name, higher than any other name. The Bible says that the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Philippians chapter 2. Look at, let's just go to, let's just look at some scripture. Luke chapter 10, let's look at that. Then the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, look at this, even the demons... What did we say demons were? Fallen angels. Even the demons are subject to us. But not because of them. Why? Because of your name. Because of the highest name. The highest authority. In your name, the demons are subject to us. Guess what? That didn't end in the New Testament, folks. Every person in this room who names the name of Christ, in his name, you have authority. And he said to them, here's the, another picture of that, that, that time when Jesus, God said, I had enough. Look at this. And he's, Jesus has given this account. He was there, right? He was there. He said, and I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. So again, it wasn't a war. It was really, okay, you're gone. Like a, I mean, just a snap of the finger, it was over, right? He says, behold. Say behold. Now take notice. Lean in right here. Who's he talking to? He's talking to his disciples. How many of you are followers of Jesus in here? So I want you to read this verse as if you're part of that group that he's talking to. And you know what? Some of you, you know, your posture's like this, and then you start reading that, and you're like... Let's read it together. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing, say nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's a promise in Scripture from the highest authority, the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Philippians chapter 2. 
I've already mentioned this one. Let's read it together, though. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, including Satan and his fallen angels in heaven and on, of those on earth. All right, so some of you say, well, he's not, look, look at that, and of those under the earth. It doesn't matter what realm we're talking about, folks. Jesus' name is higher than any name in the spirit realm. Jesus' name is higher than any name in the world we see right now. Jesus' name is higher than any realm. He's the highest authority. It's good news, folks. Secondly, the authority of His Word. You know, there's a lot of people that are challenging the Bible these days and even trying to, to discredit. But I'm here to tell you, folks, the Bible stood the test of time. There have been people trying to destroy the Word of God for, for centuries and thousands of years, and it can't be stamped out. Why? Because His Word says, My Word will last forever. When everything else, when everything that you see, this church, when it crumbles, when, when, the, when the, the streets crumble and, and everything goes away, guess what? We'll stand the test of time. God's Word. So there's an authority in the Word of God. And Jesus understood that principle when he goes into the wilderness and, and he's tempted for 40 days by Satan himself. And every time, at every stage of the temptation, when Satan would throw out that temptation to him, he didn't say, Satan, stop it, leave me alone. What did he do? He said, it is written. Every instance, he used the word of God to combat the temptation. Guess what? You can do the same thing. That's why, folks, it behooves you. I'm telling you, it behooves you to memorize scripture. And you can memorize the scripture for every circumstances that you face. Maybe you're facing some financial difficulties and you're able to say, you know, with confidence, Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. If I'm sick, I can claim Isaiah 53, by his stripes I'm healed. Are you following me this morning? Folks, the word of God is powerful. Get it in here. Remember what we said last week. And as you're getting it in, what happens to your heart? The Bible says it cleanses your heart. It refreshes your heart. It, it makes you like Christ. And then when you're able to use it, because how many of you know that it's a weapon? As a matter of fact, the armor that I talked about a few minutes ago, part of that, part of that weaponry is the sword, which is God's word. So every time you use it, it's not a machine gun. No, it's a powerful spiritual weapon against the enemy's schemes, against his tactics against you. And so every time he comes at you with something, <laughs> Satan, let me tell you something right now. I know what you're up to. And you can talk to him this way. I know what you're up to, buddy. I'm not an idiot. I, wouldn't, I didn't fall off the, dump, the, truck, the turnip truck to get in my head. No, no. I was born at night, not last night. And you tell him. This is what God's word says. This is what you're telling me. But I know what I know that you delve you delve in untruth. You delve in lies. That's that's your realm. 
You're a liar. I'm dealing in truth. And here's what my Bible says about me. Here's what my Bible says about my circumstance. But you can't do it if you don't have it. So get it inside. God's Word. Powerful. I'm giving you tools and weapons. You ever, anybody ever, everybody ever work on a house? Or, I'm, I'm not a carpenter, so you don't want me. Work, you don't want me building anything, all right? But if I was, if I was a carpenter, I'd, I'd go get me a belt, all right? I'd have my hammer. I'd have my screwdriver. What else goes in <laughs> two belts? My, my, what is that thing? The triangle thing that you made? What is that called? Speech wear. I'd have all that with me. Why? Because at any moment, pull it out. That's exactly what you do. When you, when you memorize God's word, the belt of truth. You put it on, and at any moment, let me pull that, that tool. Huh. And you know what? It's effective. It's not only effective, it's powerful. Are you hearing me today? God's word is powerful. It's the final authority. Amen. Hallelujah. Does this excite anybody today? Is it encouraging anybody today? Number three, the authority of God's blood. Christ's blood of the cross. The blood of the cross. The, the scripture tells us that the moment that Christ said it is finished on the cross, Satan was defeated. Now he thought he was having a party, right? Little did he realize the moment that Christ said it is finished, that was the day that he was done for. Amen? So the cross meant death to Christ temporarily, life for us, and then Satan's destruction. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Romans 12, verse 11, it says they, they overcame him with what? the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. So there's power in the blood. Amen? They triumphed because of the blood of Christ. The cross was the ultimate victory for you and I. Amen? Now the Bible says that because of God's blood, Christ's blood, Ephesians chapter 2, we can have access to God. You and I don't have to be ashamed. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to come to God shameful and say, oh God, I'm a sinner. You know, no, it's like, Daddy God, let's, you know, can I talk to you? Can I sit in your lap? Remember, dearly, little, dearly loved children? How many of you love to sit in your dad's lap when you were younger? Now they probably wouldn't. You'd probably break his legs. So uh, I know I would have. But now, but used to, you would just love to sit in Daddy's lap and have a relationship. That's, what, that's, what, that's the kind of relationship he wants. All of it made possible because of the blood of Jesus. You can come to him boldly. You can come to him as a child of God. Amen. And you have authority over the enemy through the blood of Jesus. So here's the thing. Here's some things. Every day, this needs to be lived out, this authority that you've understood. And one more thing before I go into this, these last, this last three points. The Bible says in Ephesians 1, I believe it is, that after Christ died and was resurrected and ascended to heaven, the Bible says he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And guess what? He's far above, high above principalities and powers. 
What does that mean? That means everything is under his feet. And then in Ephesians 2, it says, we are, get this, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. That's a position of authority for you. Amen. All right, so let's keep going. Three steps here. Three daily steps. And remember, Jesus was giving authority. In Matthew chapter 10, he said, I'm going to give you authority. Well, let's read it. And he, when he called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of disease. And so God has given us delegated authority. It's something to remember, right? Number two, Romans 8. Yet in all things, say we are more than conquerors. Say it, we are more than conquerors. Why are you more than a conqueror? Because you're clothed in Christ. Amen? You have his authority. So, yet in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Verse 38. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, even fallen ones, right? Nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Is that good news, folks? Nothing can separate you from the love of God. No scheme of the enemy, no, no tactic of the enemy, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Amen. So here, here's some daily steps. Number one, submit yourself to God. James 4. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's good news. Anybody ever read that before? Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Now listen. You understand the order of it, right? Some of us try to go after Satan and we try to do it and resist the devil without submitting to God. The first step is submission. Yes, sir. You hear me this morning. To our higher authority. Yes, sir. Submit, then resist, and he will flee. I hope that helps somebody. What are, you, what are you holding on to? What have you not submitted to God this morning that would cause you or keep you from being able to resist the devil and him flee? It's a good question. Your submission level determines your authority level. Can I say that one more time if you're taking notes? Your submission level determines your authority level. We need to submit. He's in control anyway, right? The Bible says that, that we make the plans in our heart and his purposes prevail anyway. So why not? I was talking to, um, to uh, Sean, uh, yeah, Sean Mulvihill this morning after, before service, and we were talking about that. When you're in step with God, when you're in step with him, it doesn't feel like, you know, you're working, yeah, we're doing stuff, but it doesn't feel like we're striving and we're working so hard. But when we're out of step with him, when we're out of sync with God, it's like, Man, I just can't seem to make any progress. I can't seem to get anywhere. I'm here to tell you, submission is locking step with what God has for you. 
And I guarantee you when you do that, things are a lot easier. We like to complicate it. Number two, close any open doors. Are you letting things in? Like we talked about last week. To your life that are keeping you from being successful in your, in your war with the enemy. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Now whom you forgive anything I also forgive. For if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven the one for your sakes in the presence of Christ. Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. This story is, you know, they, the, the Corinthian church had, had dealt with a, a, a person who was sinning in the church. And, and Paul's saying, look, I think we've done enough to the guy. Let's forgive the guy. Let's, let's restore him, right? Let's, let's get him back in the fold. And so he's saying, look, this whole forgiveness thing is a big deal. Because it's an open door if not. We talked about that last thing, letting bitterness and all that, in, all that stuff build up in our lives. And God says, no, 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 forgive, because that's an open door. And we're not ignorant of what Satan's up to. We're aware, we're sober, we're vigilant, and the enemy's not going to get us. And so we're saying, you know what, we're going to forgive. Number two, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 that he may, um, I think it's four, not five. I'm sorry, I may have put five. That's my fault. Um, let me just read it to you. In your anger, do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your, on your wrath. Why? Because if you do, the enemy can get a foothold. So in other words, it's not a sin to be angry, folks. Anger is a God-given emotion. Would you agree? Anybody ever been angry before? I have. How you deal with the anger makes all the difference in the world. Okay? And when I don't deal with anger the right way, I let it, I let it again, I let it fester. I give the enemy a, a place he can get in. That's an open door. So when, you, when you're able to hang, handle your anger better or the way God does, you close that you close off those doors where enemy can get in, right? I'm trying to help you. So then here's the last one, number three. Confront your enemy daily. I'm here to tell you, he does not let up. How many of you know he don't let up? And so you shouldn't either. You try to take a day off, you're just, I'm telling you, you're asking for it. Confront him daily. And you already know where you are. You already have your position. I'm seated in heavenly place with Christ. I have the greatest authority on the inside of me. I am standing from a place of victory, not a defeat. And so every morning you get up and you declare, listen, I'm a champion today. I'm more than a conqueror today. I'm victorious today. Satan, you're not having this day. Confront it. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Look at this. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. In other words, they're not fleshly weapons, right? They're not machine guns and all that. No, but they're mighty. Say mighty. 
The weapons you carry around, the sword of the Spirit, you remember that tool belt? Those weapons are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Who sets up strongholds in your life? The enemy. Why? Because we gave him a way in. Right? We let him in. And so here's what he says. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. In other things, anything else that's drawing your attention, anything else that has your affection that's drawing you away from God, you need to get rid of it and get your eyes back on the one who's worthy of our worship. And then he says, bringing into captivity every thought. You know this battlefield starts right here. It's a ba- it is a battlefield of the mind. Make it obedient to Christ. Amen. So this, these, this piece of meat inside your head, between your ears, is the place where the battle can be won. When you understand the word of God, when you understand your place, when you understand your position, when you understand the one who lives inside of you, when you understand the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to pulling down the strongholds. When I get that here and it gets down to here, I'm a force. Satan. Here's another thing. If, if, you're, not, if you're not a threat to Satan, I'm going to promise you, he might leave you alone, right? But you start, you start exposing things and you start declaring this, you can rest assured you're a target, right? But greater is he that's in you than is in he that's in the world, amen? This is the truth of God. Why does God want you walking there? Why does he want you walking in that realm where you understand your authority, where you understand that you're free and you're a vessel of honor? Why does he want you there? Because there's a mission to accomplish. There are people outside the faith who need to hear that, that Jesus died and rose again and he needs us to help fulfill that mission while we're here but if we're so bogged down we're so trapped by the enemy I'm on here to tell you you're you're no good I'm not saying you're no good I'm saying you're no good to the, the to the cause you make you know what I'm saying so we've got to understand this is the reason why God wants us to understand this because he's got something for us to do it's a powerful thing to understand your place, that you're a vessel of honor. Amen. Would you stand this morning? I want us to pray. I, um, because, man, this is, this stuff will transform your life. It really will. And I can preach it to you. And you can hear it and you can take it and just, you know, okay. Or you can start living it out. And then God has a powerful, powerful instrument in his tool, in his tool belt. Amen. So this morning, I want us to pray. You'll just take the, the, uh, the hand of your neighbor. And I want you to pray for them. First of all, that they'll understand that they're vessels of honor. That they are created in the image of God. That, and that, that this message will just take hold and take root in their heart. And listen, if you're, if you're dealing with anything that's, that's kept you from that, if, those, those, if you had some open doors, right now is a good time to close. Maybe there's that person you need to forgive. Maybe there's that, that anger that you've had even maybe this morning. Somebody, maybe you got angry at your husband or your wife on the way to church, and now you're saying, you know what? Let me just go ahead and get rid of that today. So I want you to pray for the person 
that's right there with you, that God would help them to close any doors and be this vessel of honor. Can you pray for your neighbor right now in Jesus' name? Father, thank you. Thank you for this message. Thank you that you have set us apart as vessels of honor. That the enemy is trying to, to kill, steal, and destroy, but we're not going to succumb to that because we have the greater one. Greater is he that is living on the inside of me than he's that it's in the world. And I pray that that would take root in every heart today. Every person that's under the sound of my voice, every person that's watching online would be encouraged today that they're the head and not the tail. That they're walking from a place of victory today. That they have everything they need. Everything to live life to the full. Fully alive in Christ. In Jesus' name.